0: Aloha! Welcome to the podcast for the 41st annual Hawaii International Film Festival presented by Holly Kalani. My name is Anderson Lay, and I'm the artistic director for the festival. My guest is Tai Sanga, the filmmaker behind Heikau Hea Hea Hei we could We would like to extend our thanks to Pacific Islanders in Communication, HEI, and Morgan Stanley for sponsoring this film and supporting our Pacific Showcase Shorts programming section. And Ty is like you know he's a you know alumnus of the of the festival you know we we screened many of his films at fe- previous editions like Stones which mm. actually world premiered at the Sundance Film Festival yeah. I think back in two thousand nine in ten.
1: yeah oh, yeah it was completed in nine so it's ten yeah yeah two
0: thousand ten yeah. and also uh, visions of the dark the life of Pinky Thompson yeah. which was our closing night film yeah. oh, what year was that
1: good question twenty thirteen uh, maybe that sounds about yeah. right
0: yeah and of course. Uh, uh you know his award-winning short hi hawaii which um uh, won the um it won an award won the uh, best short
1: yeah, it won the audience award for that year oh right. yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: yeah you know more than me <laughs> <laughs> so uh you know welcome Ty.
1: yeah no thank you mahalo for all of that i totally forgot about all those films actually <laughs> <laughs> it's been so it feels like a long time ago
0: yeah yeah so i mean you know you are a graduate of uh UH right, the Cameo Creative Media, probably one of the very first classes mm-hmm. right. I'm mean, one of the first uh, classes of uh, ACM, uh, graduating classes right. And then you went to um, you got your M.A. M.F.A. at Chapman University, yeah. and we were like neighbors right yep, in, in e- Eagle, Rock? Eagle Rock. Yep,
1: we <laughs> were yeah. just talking about that actually. So
0: like yeah yeah, so talk about that like yeah. it's like a, but Eagle Rock.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I I love being out in California because you know going to Chapman, um, you know, out in Orange, it, it was um it was we always talked about it, it's like a pilgrimage to go up to LA, mm-hmm. so when I was finally be able to move up to Eagle Rock side, um, it was cool. It was just like being in the heart of of where you know you want to be, um, where everyone's you know chasing the same dreams, you right. know. Um, actually. I'm actually not a full graduate of, of the Academy for Creative Media. I was part of the first couple classes, um, okay. but I graduated with Ethnic Studies. Um, I ended up graduating before they actually got there. Their got desk. it. So this is just, yeah. right, right, right. But right. I basically took every single class sure, from sure, sure. them, yeah. I mean, it was very early, early days. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I think yeah. Chris Yogi was the first class, and I was the semester after him, so, mm,
0: Okay. Yeah. And then, so how was uh, Chapman for you?
1: Hmm oh I, I I loved it i mean I, I think I was really blessed that um when I got into my film career because I, I really didn't know anything about film until later in my life um, but w- just like aCM the 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 program was beginning you know was starting up and you know we had all these brand new facilities and and so at Chapman they built this huge new studio and we were the first class in um and so it was a lot of fun like there was isn't a lot of restrictions and a lot of things that we did um a lot of me and my peers we we almost like we slept at the school because we were so devoted to making movies and was like oh was either in production or post-production or helping out with projects um so it was a lot of fun just to kind of just focus on your art and and narratives
0: yeah i remember taking a tour around the dodge school is that the name yeah. of the film school right Correct. and yeah. uh, it was well, oh, back then it was super high-tech yeah, yeah. the art. Can you just talk about what you had?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I felt like I was at the Universal Studios, <laughs> I mean, going there. Um, you know, we had uh, we had a big studio which, um, we had two sound stages um, with elephant doors and everything. So, you know, we were able to build sets. Um, so there was a workshopping class as well. Um, we had um, countless editing bays. Um, as well as a Foley art room so you know like they're really focused on other different disciplines um, which was really great being at Chapman because we got to learn not extremely in-depth about every single one but at least we got our hands on every single Mm -hmm. department so from sound to editing to lighting to camera to directing to producing
0: yeah Yeah. I mean we'll get to um, your film that's playing here at HIF this year but I want to talk about stones, because oh, yeah. that, that was your graduate thesis. It was a thesis film, right. yeah, yeah. And then, um, so and then also, it was all in um O'lelo Hawaii. A Hawaii, yeah. yeah. So, um, what was the inspiration behind that story?
1: Yeah, no. Thank you for asking that question. Um, I mean, it's the film that that you know you, you never. I mean, you you're always passionate about every project you work on. Um, For me, going to Chapman, taking the jump to go to Chapman University was a big step for me, being a local boy from Kalihi. Like, you know, like a lot of my peers didn't even do that or considered that. Um, So I knew that my statement of my my thesis film was gonna be very important um, because it would be my calling card. Um, At the same time, I was dealing with all this, you know, like homesickness, Mm -hmm. but also like, just, just the anxiety of not being at home, you know, and being connected and being close to everyone again. So the stones actually came to me, you know. It was a story that I've, I've, I've I'm familiar with that, that you know, I read a long time ago by Freddie Wickman. It was, it was one of his moolelos um, from Kauai. Um, and a version of it would always come and visit me in my dreams, and and that's kind of how it, it happened. It was about so for me I, when I read his story, I, I saw it as longing and 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 um wanting to hold again the things that you don't have anymore and you know it kind of built from there
0: in a nutshell what is the story about
1: um yeah so it's it's the story is about um uh a husband and wife you know they've lost their son um and and they're not allowed to go out to, come out into the daytime so they're 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 moo specifically so they're moo people um that only stay out at night and and if they go out into the sun they'll turn into stone so right. In the movie, um, they get visited by newcomers, and she gets kind of enticed to that 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 place, that that longing of seeing children again.
0: So, when did you first read this story?
1: Um, years before I went to college, to actually, I mean, graduate school. Um, when I was at UH Manoa, um, I, they would have such a good literary program. Um, and I just, f- when, I knew, when I knew I wanted to tell stories, I kind of do- dove deep into the, our, our literary world mm-hmm. here in Hawaii. So everything, you know, so like Raleigh Morales, you know, Chris McKinney, everybody, Lily Tanauchi, Loisanya Monaka, and then Uncle Freddie Whitman's books also came in that Um and because they did, they did it before we did as filmmakers. You know, right. they explored all of the themes that we're trying to explore now, and they've done it way better <laughs> than we have because it's yeah. narratives. Um, so I was just being inspired by that, and yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So and then for stones itself, you returned to Hawaii to basically shoot it, right? Yeah, so yeah. Um, just were, were, did you shoot it on Oahu, or did you?
1: Yeah, no, I I definitely shot it on Oahu. Um, I shot it at Kualoa Ranch, um, a little bit up it at. at um, um, up at Nu'uanu as well. Um, it's funny because, you know, like for me as a filmmaker, you know, I wanted to, the whole goal of choosing to become a filmmaker is to be as authentic as possible okay. and to tell, finally tell our stories and do it the right way. Um, so there was a lot of coercing the, the faculty at Chapman University because right. that's, there's, that's tons of liability. So the requirement of shooting your thesis film is that every... Every key role has to be filled by um, a graduate student. Uh, you're one of your peers. Got it. So you, we basically flew in 10 students um, to work on this project. And, you know, um, I'm just grateful that Chapman gave us that opportunity because, you know, I, I don't think we would have gotten the same thing if we shot it in L.A., you know. Right. And, and, yeah, it just would have been different. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And so did everyone live in the same house? <laughs> we did. We
1: did. Uh, we did a, a Hawaii book boot camp. Um right. Our, our relationships with Kamehameha schools, okay. they they've you know they were, were were a big supporter of the project. So they um, actually housed us on campus. Oh, great! So which was wonderful because a lot of my 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 classmates they that, that was the first time to Hawaii. So on the Kapalama
0: campus. Yeah, oh, wow. so, yeah. Wow. So
1: they were so a lot of the, so in, and a lot of my peers were um, not from America actually. They were oh, like right. either Spanish, yeah. yeah, from Mexico. Um, so it ju- it just for them to come to Hawaii, e, then to be on campus at Commemorative Schools. Like we actually kind of had like an, a cultural day where sure. I kind of like broke down everything for them, Got and it. yeah, it was fun. It was really really fun.
0: Yeah. yeah. And then you know what about I mean talk about a, a debut. You, it world premiere that it was accepted at Sundance. Mm-hmm. That was your world premiere, right? Yes. Tell me about that <laughs> experience. It,
1: um, well, Sundance was fantastic. I mean, to be honest, I, I didn't know what to expect. Like I I knew, I knew that was always a goal to get into Sundance, um, you know, cause Maratamita was one of one of my, my mentors and right. advisors on many projects, and who was a teacher at, at uh, ACM mm-hmm. and-
0: And truly, you know, just a stalwart, just a mentor and filmmaker from Aotearoa you know, from mm-hmm. New Zealand. And, uh, you know, she inspired so many Maori, you know, filmmakers, yeah. she was really kind of, out there in the in the trenches, yeah. Right? In the in the '70s and '80s, she mm-hmm. you know she mentored Cliff Curtis and mm-hmm. Taika Waititi and also you. So
1: yeah, no, she's we we call her the Indigenous Godmother um, yeah. because she basically started like Sterling Harjo. Everyone yeah. got their career from her or been mentored by her, mm-hmm. um, and so uh, so I knew you know kind of following the, the same game plan as everyone else before me like Taika and Sterling you know they all premiered at Sundance right. So like the the you know so like that was a go to get there and then when I got there I was like oh my god what am I supposed to do like I really it was I was kind of in over my head um because it was such a new thing like sure. and and because it was so cold <laughs> like yeah. being a, a kid from Hawaii I was really I didn't I wasn't prepared um but it was it was just beautiful I mean it it, it felt like uh it felt like being at HIF um but Times a thousand because in like the amount of stars like Hollywood is basically there oh, on sure. that hill. Yeah, yeah, especially
0: Main Street is just like yeah. parties and yeah. sponsored houses. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, like gifting. Yeah, you get
1: we like get that. sent into a secret door yeah. and then yeah. they, they just give you a whole bag of Levi's, Levi's jeans. And I was like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so sponsorships, yeah. but yeah, yeah, it was fun. It was fun.
0: Yeah. So I mean, you continue your 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 relationship with Camembert, Right, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Uh, also with visions in the dark, but mm-hmm. also with this new film, you know, like uh, talk about uh, kind of your involvement with yeah. Kamehameha for for this film that's yeah, playing yeah. at HIF.
1: Yeah, thank you. That was a great segue. Um, so uh, so the film is, hey, call hehe ahiaka. Um, I you know so when I was at Chapman University. Um, uh, I still kept an editing job here in Hawaii, mm-hmm. uh, working with co creative with, with Vince Kiala Lucero, Scott Lee Mason, um with Song Q Wang and Jeremiah Tayao. Yeah. Um, and and one of their major clients was Kamehameha Schools. Got it. So I was editing while I was at Chapman um on the on during my breaks. Got it. Um, and when I finally uh graduated, um you know, Uncle Randy, who's been another one of my great mentors um, that I've kind of looked up at. Um, he kind of, you know, he had a project that he wanted to do. Um, it's almost like a legacy type of project um, on on Myron Pinky Thompson, um, who's this, you know, who's Nainoa Thompson's father, mm-hmm. um, but a huge uh, community member that basically helped kind of push the, our community into the direction, the Native one community into the direction that we are today, right? Um, yeah, through education and health. Um, Um, so Hawaiian knowledge and Ike and, 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 and everything basically holistically. Um, so
0: labor practices, you name it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. In, in the ledge, you know, also within the community. So he tried to tackle it in different ways. So, um, I didn't go to commandment schools, and you know I'm actually a, a student of, of uh, a graduate of St. Louis, um, but I grew up in Kalihi, so like it's always been my, you know we we were, we always look up at that hill, and right. <laughs> like want to be a part of that. Yeah. Um, but but, but work on these projects. I mean I've been collaborating with Uncle Randy and, and that team for more than ten years now, um, working on on these different films, and and Hey Kalhehe is, is just another version of it. Um, and, and it's actually uh, uh, their most ambitious one we've, they, they, we've, we've created together, mm-hmm. actually. Um, um, it, it was their first time that they, you know, kind of moving and shifting away from, you know, traditional documentaries and narratives right. to, like, trying t- something very, you know, experimental um, with dance and hula and, you know, our, our mo'olelo and our Akua, and which is, you know, our ancestors, you mm-hmm. know. Um, to to tackle this big problem which is climate change yeah you know so
0: yeah, yeah I, I mean it was I was very impressed by it it's very ambitious <laughs> and um, the fact that it was also uniquely created and uh, produced I mean you know obviously you're, it's a collaborative process with Camilla with right and uh, but you were you made this for song contest essentially mm-hmm. so just talk about really briefly song contest and kind of the circumstances behind uh, y- the making of this
1: yeah yeah no um. So, so song contest is this, 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 you know, this, this long institution for commemorative schools where they, they, you know, they celebrate the choral music. You know, the um, that was one of the many arts that that the missionaries brought that um, you know Native Hawaiians, even our ancestors, our ali'i, you mm-hmm. know, quickly took upon um, because they allowed them to. It's another form of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Music became their was always their storytelling, but you know, choral music became their new outlet. Um, so at during this competition there was always this whole ike where you know the judges would wouldn't take the time to tally their scores and and usually it's 20 minutes where you know they kind of give the school to do whatever they want and so you know in the past they did all this pageantry and plays and like they've done a come up come up story they've done something about the overthrow they've done really really powerful stuff on stage um because of the pandemic you know and because you know we we you know we've all been stuck at home they wanted to figure out a way to replicate that and engage the audience um through narrative you know and so it was a bold very really bold um dream um specifically for them for Comemescos, because because they don't never gone down that path before um but it was a ton of fun because this is what I mean as being a filmmaker from Hawaii, like this is kinda stuff that you want up to with, you know, we got to collaborate with Solomon Enos Mm -hmm. in some of these these imaginations of what our our gods and our our, our kua would look like, our ancestors would look like.
0: I mean essentially can be the Hawaiian Cinematic Universe, <laughs> right? right? T- totally. And, yeah, yeah, totally, yeah, totally, totally, so, yeah. I mean, just with the, you know, I mean, Solomon Inos's work is just incredible, mm-hmm. you know, just the artwork alone and yeah. the stories and whatnot, yeah. so. Yeah, he's
1: a wealth of knowledge and he's extremely talented, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Yeah.
0: So was, I mean, because, you know, this is definitely very different in tone than what you usually mm-hmm. do, right? Mm-hmm. But like with with um, *Visions in the Dark was, you know, essentially a, st- a, a documentary, mm-hmm. uh, Biopic documentary, and then you have like Stones, which is you know, sh- um, you know, narrative. Even though it's l- very dreamlike and whatnot, uh, and Hawaii was also you know, a uh, again a period piece, and mm-hmm. so. But this is you know different. Again, you're talking about experimental, yeah. right? So, yeah. when you're collaborating with with the, you know your um, uh, creative, um, creatives at the Kamehameha, were you? I mean, what was the process for you? Like, I mean, how do you? come up with these ideas? How do you, do you storyboard them or?
1: Yeah, no, it, it was very ambitious. I mean, it's just going back to what the narrative is. It's basically, you know, our world is, you know, everyone knows how, how, how drastically glo- global warming is, is affecting us. Right. Um, but more so it's affecting the native people in the in, in the Pacific yeah. um, because of, of of sea level rising, you know, and, and when you affect the sea levels, which is like a, a, a large majority of this planet, it affects everything else in the world. Um, so um, this story is the perspective of of native people, like mm. what that means means to them when, when the the world is heating up, and then well, how does that affect our, our our gods? You know, like how does it affect our our mountains where there would be snow normally, and now that's gone. You know, so um, it, it, this this actually started with with um, the collaboration between um, Kaleo Wong, who is who's the the, the um, the culturalist up at Kamera Schools and, and Uncle Randy Fong who um you know he who handles who was in charge of the Okahua um program. So they they came up with this idea of mm-hmm. like what would it be what it how would Arakua respond to this. Right. And how do we fix this? Because Arakua like we talk about Hula here which is like changing. Whenever a volcano erupts, whenever Pele erupts, um she you know, she's actually in in, in essence destroying land but through this 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 consumption of land as the lava flow is moving there's also growth you know so Mm -hmm. like this idea of destruction and rebuilding over and over again yeah but what 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 are transpiring during those exchanges right um so so we talk so with that being the concept we kind of talked about like you know how do we express that through hula Mm-hmm. And then, and how do we express this symbolically? So you know, the hula performance has already been created because right. they're they wanted to do this on stage last year, right? Yeah, yeah. and so, um, but because of the pandemic, that was all you and pivoted. which pivoted. Yeah, they pivoted, which I felt so bad because these students have you know they they rehearsed and rehearsed. I mean, this is this is what they dream of, and a lot of the seniors is what they dream of, mm-hmm. you know, to perform in front of the, their families and yeah. friends. Um, and then when it was canceled, I think even like the week before the performance then yeah. then there a lot of them were heartbroken but we were able to bring some of them back um for this this show um and so knowing what what amazing narrative that that they've already created we on the the film side you know I, so i called me keala lucero collaborate with with um with solomon enos mm-hmm. and kind of brought that idea to that next level and like how do we express that narratively now like what mm-hmm. can we play with um can we blindfold some of these characters can we p- actually put them in the water and show those sea levels rising as right. as as these women these dancers uh, represent islands and what would it look like when when they are gone you know so
0: yeah, yeah. I mean definitely love um, allegory and metaphor you know um, uh, and the fact that you know you how do you strike that balance I mean actually you stroke that balance, strike the balance very well I mean I, I thought it was very beautiful but it also I think for kids, I think mm-hmm. they would get it too, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, how do you kind of strike that balance, basically?
1: Yeah, no, um, that's a great question. I really don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean, I was just, you know, for for the storytelling-wise, it, 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 because it's a lot of the performance as well, it, it was pretty simple, mm-hmm. like, um, so the visual content, you know, would allow you to kind of express ideas, really broad ideas. Um, and then prior to that, you know, like so when we talk we, we set up each section which is like first beginning is growth and, and the over the abundance of the world and you know, then the second is when the world is overheating and, and what happens to uh, the ga- you know, with with all these gas emissions into the ion- the atmosphere, what does that create? So we tried to make it cause and effect mm-hmm. so you can really follow the thread of like how one one little pebble can can really affect everything else. Um, And then the visuals just supplement that so that it either supplemented and reinforced it or, or, or it kind of showed the examples of what would happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then as a young father yourself, (laughs) uh, you know, as you're, 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 as you're moving onward with your career as a filmmaker, Mm -hmm. do you see your kind of style or your kind of how you want to make films in the future change? Like,
1: no that, that, what a great question um you know i you know it's it's like the, 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 having a child uh, or being a father is such one of those things that like you won't know until it really does happen um and so like because you know you know being be, being in this industry and being a filmmaker you know you're always like oh man don't have a kid yet because that would change everything right and and like you know your priorities would change this and that um but I feel like it opened another door for me now uh-huh. that I'm a father. Um, I see things differently, especially in my narratives. Um, it, it a lot of it was a lot of the stories that I told before was like preemptive, like I have to tell this story before something else happens. You know, I have to mm. tell this story because I want I will miss my chance. Right. Now now I'm telling my stories is like, okay, like in, in form of legacy, like if I show this story, what would my son see? And like how mm-hmm. would that influence him and it, it, different. It was a different approach. Um, it, yeah. It, it's, it's. I've, I've. I'm still, uh, you know, it's still early. I'm still exploring where I'm going with, with my voice. Um, but I definitely know that I'm, I'm thinking of the narratives very differently now. Um, in the sense of like broader strokes of like what am I leaving behind and how is that going to influence other people? Right.
0: Yeah. Or it could be just osmosis from just the constant. Uh... <laughs> Coco Melon playing on <laughs> yes, Netflix. <laughs> yes, Coco
1: Melon. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah, I mean, Baby Shark. Say, yeah, baby, yeah, 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 Baby Shark. <laughs> all of that. Yeah, sure.
0: <laughs> but I mean, going back, to, I mean, so my final question, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you 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 talk about Solomon Enos. You talk about uh, Meritamita, mm-hmm. and then obviously, you know, you are invested in um, filmmaking or story story making when it comes to uh, Native Hawaiian or Pacifica stories, right? So. What is your? I mean, what, what is basically what's next for you, Taisanga?
1: Um, Wow, well, big question. Um, I'm always tackling a bunch of things. You know, I, I the big goal is definitely to do a feature. I haven't, I haven't. Oh well, a feature narrative. Um, I, I have these larger stories that I want to do, especially a TV show too. We're sp- yeah. really, really exploring that um, because that that space of telling Hawai'i story on a series. I mean, it, I, there's it's. It, it's a no-brainer, almost in some sense. Um, um,
0: and TV is no longer a ghetto anymore, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. like it's like, I mean, TV essentially when it comes to you know uh, premium series on mm. HBO Max or or Netflix, it's really just a ten-hour movie. Yeah, exactly, right? yeah. exactly. Yeah,
1: which is fun because yeah. like then it's like, how do you explore this larger narrative um, and 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 be able to highlight all these different characters? So I've been I've been really exploring that that TV world now. Um, at the same time, knowing that I'm trying to get of this feature film, so I have, I, I've, I have a, f- a project that I'm hoping to get off the ground soon. Um, it's, it's actually kind of loose. I don't know if I should, be talking, but it's it's loosely based on um, 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 "Under the Driver's Moon," um, so a oh, yes. documentary yeah, yeah, by yeah, yeah, Heather yeah. Junie and which is my one of my my big collaborators um, and Noel Kohanu. Um, so telling those boys' story.
0: Yeah, uh, basically, there's a uh, young. Uh, Hawaiian men who were sent to
1: the to line the, islands yeah.
0: yeah during um world war 2
1: yeah they were they were sent right before world war 2 actually started like they were already being sent down to the line islands in ni- 1935 um but you know four boys on an island um living there for six months out of the year um and they the, in, in our story uh these four boys get attacked by japan so right. uh, and and they have to survive um and not knowing what if they could ever get off so that's, that's hopefully what I'm, what I'm trying to explore next, you know. Yeah.
0: Well, good luck to that, man. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, I think it's a great story. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You. Well, I mean, thank you, Ty, for no. being here. No, yeah. uh, we, you know, we again, I always look forward to your new work. And, uh, you know, I think it's uh, there's definitely a upper trajectory and what well, you always, you always, like, surprise me <laughs> with what you have. Um, <laughs> next. So thank you again for joining yeah, us. No,
1: mahalo. Thank you Anderson. Thank you for every, everything you folks do at HIF um, in elevating our stories because um, we, we we wouldn't have this platform without you folks. So thank you.
0: Thanks man. We hope you enjoy the remainder of the film festival. We encourage others listening to this to do the same whether it's in person at the theater or streaming online. Thank you all for listening. This has been the podcast of the 41st annual Hawaii International Film Festival presented by Hale Kalani. Special shout out to the After Bruce team for their support. You can learn more about them by visiting afterbrews.com. Also, shout out to Box Jelly in Honolulu for providing us with this space to record. And also to Lee Ngo for providing uh, tech support here. Thank you, Lee. And my name is Anderson, Anderson Lay. And for all you th- out there listening, on behalf of HIF, ma- aloha and mahalo. <laughs>